Hello and welcome to the second ever recording of the JV Podcast. I am Jay Bear, joined by the Nooch. Snoochie Poochie! And we are attempting to talk about sports again. We'll see how this goes, but we're assuming that it's going to go about as well as the last time. I mean, it worked decently. I mean, I don't know. I have no reason to think it shouldn't work again. I mean, we got one viewer. It, it, <laughs> we're we're storming the podcast charts. Right oh now. yeah, we're probably ahead of the um, uh, I don't know the best curry. Uh, that's my iPad going off with uh, breaking news, ladies and gentlemen. As Aaron Judge is going to sit out today, uh, we'll maybe talk about the later. But like I was going to say, is that we're probably beating uh, you know how the podcast that's top five things how to do with curry we're, we're we're just better than a curry podcast that is that is an astute observation nooch and with that we are coming to you from the armpit of america in new jersey hey you didn't give it away this time i, 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 I like not. that and you know what they say about new york if you can make it here you can make it anywhere in new jersey they say if you can make it here go to any other state and you'll probably be better off we want to we're, we're thinking we're gonna I think, Nooch, we're, we're looking to kind of recap the uh, the NHL playoffs. Yeah, we could touch on that. We could also touch on some other things like a, uh, what else is there out, out there? Um, what else? You gave me the NFL, uh, the whole Aaron Rodgers deal that breaks my heart. Uh, we got uh, AMLB. We, we got check the NBA in. playoffs. I mean, there's a lot that we can touch on today, but I think. You know what? Thing, you I know guess. what? I got, a, I got an idea. Um, so I'm not sure if you've been watching. The Euros. The Euros, yeah. I, I just want to put this out there. Um, even though, you know, we are going to try to aim, aim for this to be very funny and very um, comedic, well, or poor attempts at comedy, at least. We just want to just give our, our well wishes to Eric Christensen. Was that his name? I believe so. You know, it's the sad thing. I don't even know the guy's name. Well, we could always... Um, so I was actually watching yesterday as I was uploading our first edition of the podcast, and I just had ESPN on, and unfortunately it was the game. And I was reading through Twitter and pretty much watched it live, but I didn't know what happened. Uh, Christian I just, Erickson. Christian Erickson. Okay. So yeah. I, I was close. Eric Christensen. Hey. Yeah, I, I said it backwards. My dyslexia coming in. But the point is, he uh, there was an injury, and I could hear it from my TV. And it sounded like immediately, like in the situations in the NBA or even college basketball, when a guy like severely breaks his leg and it protrudes the skin. It, it felt like one of those moments. But then I kept on seeing on Twitter, like, why are they cutting back to the uh, uh, incident? Why are they cutting back to the incident? Like, I- I'm disgusted, this, that, and the other. And I'm like, wait, what the hell actually happened? And I actually uh, saw it. Like, somebody posted, I think, a Twitter video of it. And he straight up collapsed. Most likely, his heart gave out. Yeah, I, I heard cardiac arrest. So yeah, but it's thankfully, always a scary, always a scary moment on the field. Yes, it is. But thankfully, he was able to be revived. He is. He was stable when he was leaving the pitch. He was awake when he was leaving the pitch, and he um, is in stable condition right now, and is expected to make a recovery in somewhat of a. I'm not sure if he'll play again. But he's definitely, you know, going to be with us. And that's very good thing to come out of here. And we just wanted to just give our well wishes. And, and we yeah. just hope that um, uh, we could potentially get, you know, some good words from him. Definitely. And this is, I mean, not to not to 
put my own bias into this whole thing, but this is um, the you're the time. medical expert, so that, that is true. But I I I've, I remember the last time I heard about a player going into cardiac arrest like this, collapsing on whatever field or or court or you know ice. Um, Jay Bowmeister of the St. Louis Blues before he retired that year. He yes, had a whole cardiac I remember that. And then I also remember the uh, the one that I remember a lot more clearly was the Patrick Beverly or Rich Beverly. The basketball player. No, I was the hockey was player. Like Patrick Beverly. Oh, okay. uh, Rich Beverly. Then yep. he was a player for the Dallas Stars, and just he was on the bench, just out of nowhere, slumped over, and he straight up died. He legitimately died for like about a couple of minutes. He was actually dead. But then they were able to bring him back to life in the locker room. And um, they did cancel. They ended up uh, postponing that game. Or at least uh, not canceling it. But um, I guess you could say postpone. It, 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 it was they stopped. They pushed it off. Yeah, they, it was stopped and pushed it back at a later date. I think they tacked it on with uh, the next time the Blue Jackets and the Stars played. Mm. But yeah, he straight up died. And he was able to be resuscitated back in the locker room. Thank, but you know what? What I always will remember from that is that Sony had said on Twitter, his first words after coming back was, "So can I go back out on the ice?" Yeah, no, he wanted to play again. I I definitely agree. Hockey players, as far as like for the the big four, I would say for American uh, North American sports. Hockey players, I I tip my hat to them the most as far as, you know, they play, it's the physicality, it matches, it rivals football as far as physicality. They're playing many more games than football players. I mean, hell, to be honest, they've actually done studies, and hockey hits are, I think they said like 20%, anywhere from 12 to 20% more impactful than football um but everyone thinks of football as like this big like the they're but the guys are much bigger in football usually at least well, the linemen like i would most say of the people in hockey they're yeah. skating around going maybe 200 but what i would say at least from uh hockey or uh, football standpoints the reason why it has that such um negative aspect that oh it's a dangerous sport it's a lot of it is from its early days there were deaths on the field and a lot of it like football was so close, or at least American football for uh, our one downloader from Belgium, um, and I, that's uh, that's a fact. I've looked it up on our on our stat sheet, and we do have one downloader from Belgium. So to you, my man, we're going international. Yeah, we are going international much faster than we thought. Barstool Sports, here we come. In all honesty, like I was saying, um, like if you look at the early days of football, it looks a lot. It, it's very similar to modern-day rugby. Oh, no, but here's the thing with rugby, and this is what I've taken from watching a lot of the uh, national teams. In rugby, they don't have the helmets, they don't have the pads like they have in football, so they're a lot, not just smarter with how they tackle, but they also learn a lot better form. A lot of football players, not disrespecting any football players who may or may not listen to this podcast as though this is the gospel, but um, a lot of football players that you see, especially like corners and safeties, they kind of just go high and they try, they're trying to knock the ball out. They're trying to, and yeah. it kind of feels at times a little cheap. It well, feels a little like they're, they're not really getting the, the essence of the game, which is to tackle the other player. But, and, and you kind of look at a lot of football players, like after a big hit like that, when you see the player down, 
it's not like they're just they just walk away and they're like, oh, he shouldn't have been coming in into my zone, especially for like a safety who's flying at you. But I I'm I'm at least glad to see that there's sportsmanship nowadays. And I feel like back in the day with NFL, it wasn't like that as much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, like one thing I wanted to bring up was I heard uh, there was I don't know how old I don't know if it was like high school or if it was the college level. I don't know how much it's been increasing. But there's been some places where they've hired rugby coaches to teach their football players how to tackle, yep. how to properly I'm tackle. not surprised by that at all, actually. Because that's one of the things that rugby does. That's the reason why they don't need pads. They don't need helmets, except the for the well, ear guards, is because they are taught how to tackle, how to properly tackle without forcing concussions. And that's the thing, especially with not wearing a football helmet or a helmet in general. You have to be very smart about how you do it. And I think that not saying we need to just take helmets away because that would be that would be almost insane to think about with uh, America with, and with yeah. the NFL to be like, yeah, you guys can't wear helmets anymore. It, obviously, concussions, CTE, a lot of those different head injuries are a big issue in especially football. Yes, um, I agree. But I think that I like rugby a lot more watching it now that I've I've watched some like international games. It's I respect it a lot more. Not again, not saying I don't respect what the NFL players are doing, but I feel like you have to know your form and you have to be good. Yeah. Like, you can't get away with just like aiming high, going with your helmet, which the NFL, to their credit, has they've started penalizing people for dangerous hits. Yeah. Um, one of the one of the ones I before my time, there was um the Raiders when they back when they were yeah. America's bad boy team. Yeah. Um Daryl Stingley. Before the Detroit Pistons. Yeah. It, it was Tatum. Tatum was one of the secondary players. And there was a receiver, Daryl Stingley, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. It was on the tech, it was on one of those teams. It was either the Oilers, Oilers or, yeah, I, I think it was the Oilers. Might have been. But Tatum came across, Stingley was catch the ball, came across the middle, and Tatum aimed high. Stingley went limp on the floor and he was, he was, I think, believe he was a quadriplegic after that. He yeah. completely lost. That's the same thing with, um, oh, I forgot how long ago, but it was a Monday nighter and it was, I think the Steelers at the Bills. Yeah. And that happened, that the same thing. Best example for me, being a Rutgers fan, uh, Eric LeGrand. Eric LeGrand, yeah. that was. And you know what's the funny thing? That game actually, where he got hurt, happened on my birthday at MetLife. I think it was Army playing against Rutgers, and it was a kickoff. Yeah. And it was, like, he was just coming in, and you aim high, and then next thing you know, you break a couple of vertebrae in your spine. So, like, for me personally, that's why I believe the thing with football, to make it safer, they have to te- – it's not – I don't think they should be restricting the kids, f- like, younger than 13 from playing – because that's probably when it's uh, the game is its most safest. But they should be teaching them earlier how to properly tackle. Because it wasn't up until like maybe five years ago. You couldn't like put your head down. Like a lot of those like players learning. what They learned to use the crown of their head as a tackle. It was most likely. It, they were being taught to use their bodies as weapons. No, and that's that's really. I mean, you wanna you wanna instill fear in people. You wanna make them think twice about, you know, especially in football, coming across the middle when the safety's bearing down on you, about to level you and take your head off. 
I understand why they do it. It's not it's not good for the game. It's definitely not good publicity and PR for the game. No. In any game. I mean, you, yeah. you, and going back to, like, hockey, when you look at what Tom Wilson did to the Rangers. Yeah, that's um, with, why. With Panarin and. With, yeah, yeah. With specifically with Panarin. That was the part that, you know, really got me and mad. He was he was knocked out for the rest of the season. Or yeah. he was knocked out for. I no, mean, the rest of the season. It was the end of the season. It was the end of the season, but still, like, he was out for a long period of time to miss the rest of the season. And that is the one time. I have legitimately felt bad for my most hated team. What? Wait, you don't like the Rangers? I thought you loved the Rangers. I hate you. <laughs> I really hate you. Like you're trying to be funny. You're the only one laughing. I know. <laughs> but you're in a room full of two. That's, that's true. As, but as a, um, as a Cincinnati Reds fan, yeah. I, I learned to laugh at myself a lot. <laughs> so, but like the point being, like I legitimately felt bad for the Rangers, and like because. Tom Wilson literally just got a little a slap on the wrist. Well, but it's because of the NFL, uh, NHLPA. It's it's because of they, no, because there was a that, uh, that I believe from what I heard is the maximum fine that you can levy against a player based on an infraction, like but based that, on something like that. There was another infraction, uh, either like the next week or like the first week of the playoffs, where a really it was a really dirty hit, or no, it was um Mark Schleifley mm. that hit. Oh, he yeah, got yeah. eight games for that. Like, oh no, no, no. there's I, I, no reason. Like, don't get me wrong. I agree with the Marsha. Uh, here's the thing about the Marsha Shifley hit was that people were asking, "Oh, is it a dirty hit? Is it a clean hit?" When you look back at it, it really is a clean hit. It's just it's a vicious a, hit. It's a vicious hit that happened. I think. Shifley used poor judgment in the timing because what I personally believe is like he just should have been smarter from like he should have tried to hold up a little bit because yeah some of them just go right into the boards and they just he knew yeah oh yeah yeah they go right into the boards which I mean you're playing tough hockey I understand it's you're you want to impose yourself you want to set the tone early you know you're you're forechecking well no that was at the end of the game oh no no but I'm saying like as far as like the flow of a hockey game yeah when you're coming down you want to forecheck you want to you want to get the puck back in the offensive zone and make something yeah you want to be aggressive but like with that play it was the end of the game you just need to it needs to be like a sense to let up on the hit like if that game happened or if that hit happened a little bit earlier well first of all that hit would have never happened earlier because there would have been a goalie there and sharp shively would have never taken that angle yeah it's just that he took that angle he knew what Evers was going to do. He was going to do a wrap around to put it in the back of the net because oh, yeah. it was an empty net. Yeah. So he knew what he was going to do. But then Shifley just went full speed, full speed, and he didn't like. He knew in what angle. At least I want to know in like he, I want to believe at least what I'm trying to say is that he knew what angle Evers was going to be in. Oh yeah. Like, I feel like Shifley should have taken a different approach to that I feel hit. like part of what happened with that hit, at least, is that you're playing hard. It's the end of the game. You still want to show that you have some fight in you. Yeah. The I, I appreciate the effort. I appreciate the, the determination to stop it. 
but in the execution, you know, late in a game like yeah. that, you're play you're you're trying to you know you're trying to give yourself a chance. Still, you're playing hard. You almost get frustrated. You almost get in your yeah. head, and you're like, "I'm gonna be." You almost get to that point where you're getting very aggressive. Earlier in that game, honestly, I don't think that hit causes the same controversy as it does when it happens. Oh, absolutely. It, it, sports. It all depends on when the uh, it, momentum. Momentum is yeah. the biggest thing in sports, and y- that happens earlier on. We're, we might be looking at a di- we're, we're not might. Yeah. We are looking at a different game at that point. But then also, we're just what I'm just trying to say is that Mark Shifley should have been a little smarter. I think yeah. he should have been suspended. Eight games maybe be a little too much. I would have went with four. Yeah. But there's no reason in my eyes that Shifley got his penalty. But Wilson didn't get anything. Oh no, that's I feel, the thing that it's yeah. it's not. So I'd like to say, as looking NHL versus NFL, because there are a lot of similarities as far as the physicality, the the nature of the play that you're looking yeah. at. Yeah, I would like to at least say that the NHL has, aside from the fines that are levied against dirty hits like that. Well, the it wasn't NHL even feels a lot more even as far as what they levy against people as yeah. opposed to the NFL where it seems like NFL like especially with Roger Goodell and again I guess he's been trying to put some effort towards this. It almost seems like they're still trying to find the right balance where they're they're trying to pander to the fans and the criticism as opposed to trying to make it a safer, Just, uh, yeah. Make it safer and make it more. Make it make sense. Like, I w- make it make sense. Basically. I don't remember if we put this in the last. Uh, I'll be honest. I I added this. You know, the first podcast not that long ago. I will try to help with. That. I don't remember if I actually put this in the final cut of the uh, our discussion about the XFL. Yeah, but. What I'm just trying to say, at least... You're talking about the kickoff rule. Not not just the kickoff rule, but um, at least in terms of the XFL and the AAF, and even a little bit with college compared to the NFL, is that the NFL has no clarity. I I don't think the NFL is... A lot of the rules, I don't think the NFL is clear enough, and especially in, 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 uh, in its explanation of the rules. If there was one thing that I loved about uh, the NHL when uh, Brandon Shanahan was the director of player safety or whatever, he would always put out, whenever the NHL would rule a suspension against a player or a fine, they would always put out a video with him talking about why they came to that conclusion. I love that. Even though he got ruthlessly made fun of at the NHL Awards one year by, a, oh, I forget his name, but it was an actor that that's the only, like, even though he's been in, it was like a popular actor who's a hockey fan, but that's the only reason, like, people, uh, at least I remember that actor, is because he did the, the Shanahan making fun of. Oh, he was the host. He was the host of the NHL Awards that year. Um, but the point is, he made a video for almost every major, like, fine or suspension, mm. and he would go into detail about why they came to that conclusion. I love that. Every sport should have that because I feel like if, because like you look at the NHL, right? They just came out and said, we're going to find Tom Wilson for what he did to Panarin. I feel like he should have definitely got suspended. That was dirt. Like it wasn't a dirty hit or a play. It was after the game, he went and he like, he literally like smacked Panarin's head against the ice. I think part of, part of my issue with what, how the NHL handled this is I just remember watching that game and you saw him in the penalty box he was like posturing yeah. and trying like he was happy about what he did and I feel yeah. like that there's no place for that yeah. in sports and then the next day the Rangers came out with a very very uh, scathing statement towards the and NHL and then you saw what happened to them they got $250,000 the, fine the, yeah a couple and people got fired also I got well 
the only reason they got fired is because they didn't support the statement. Well, and that, it was the head coach and the uh, the uh, the no, 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 but president. I'm saying like the amount of uh, the amount of dust that this whole thing yeah. picked up. It it's it was a very simple. It, it almost seemed like it was foolproof. Yeah. What the NHL should have done. Had the N- and they whiffed on it. Yeah. Had the NHL at least given like some kind of a um, uh, suspension, I feel like we would have been in a very different situation. Mm-hmm. Like honestly, I believe uh, what's his name, John Davidson, would still be uh, president of the Rangers instead of then ret- you know returning to Columbus. Yeah. Uh, I feel like their head coach would have still been their head coach. To me, I believe this situation would have been, and it wouldn't have been as impactful because, and, and especially like Tom Wilson is a repeat offender. Yes, and he keeps on just getting fine after fine after fine after fine. Yeah, but it's when are you gonna change at that point? Yeah, it's pocket change. Like he ain't gonna learn. No, especially with these like what seventy five hundred. I think it was like seventy five hundred. He got fined. It was five, so five thousand is the max, and that's what he got fined this like, past time. Like, he got a, that. That's pocket change for him. Absolutely. Like, not for not for the commoners suspend like us. Him. Yeah, <laughs> what they should have done was at least suspend him for the rest of the year. He would have been out three, four games. Yeah, I mean, he would have been definitely out for that first series against the Penguins. I believe. Yes. Uh, no, Bruins, Bruins. Oh, Bruins. They had the Bruins. It was, it was a different black and yellow team. Yeah, a different black and yellow. But team. going off of the playoffs, where we're looking. We yeah, are currently. Let's get into that. Uh, we yes. are tonight is about to start the uh, first game of the third it's the round. Tampa and uh, Islanders game. Yes, tonight. Tampa and Islanders. Um, I I feel like the best situation is because I don't see the other series going seven. I don't see I don't no. see Vegas and Montreal like I predicted. Uh, I don't see that. You going... don't like my hot take with Winnipeg was somehow going to make it work. Literally the next day they lost. Oh, I know. <laughs> Listen, I. I, I kind of felt like it was a sensationalist pick because I was just like you. It was something that I was like you want to see happen, but you know it's yeah, not going to happen. You kind of want to lean into that into the fantasy of Winnipeg somehow coming back from two zero down because just of how the Canadian it almost seems like it's a joke about what happened with yeah. that where you have the you had the Oilers who have a hundred goal a hundred point yeah. score with uh, Connor McDavid and then you have Dry well, I'll be honest. and then you look at Toronto who seemed like they were they were gonna walk through. The Canadian division. Let's it, be honest. It seems like a meme at this point. What happened? Dry style. I know. I. I. It doesn't matter what I need type to teach of. I to say his name. It's Dry yeah. It doesn't matter what type of season. They're both him and McDavid are getting a hundred points. Yeah. In a normal season, so that's that's not like a catching point to me. But the Oilers finishing second in their division. And then um, uh, Toronto running away with that division. Yeah. There is no chance. Toronto is the only team that makes the playoffs. If this was a normal Absolutely. season. Absolutely. And and it just seems those stats. It's almost like I think we stated last time. Those stats almost feel like they're inflated because just because of the situation that they were put in with yeah. the other teams. Like with Toronto, honestly, like their situation. Like, they're not generally a good team. Like, there are, I, I shouldn't say they're not a good team, but they're not a team that's everybody, like, what everybody thought they were entering the playoffs. People were saying, oh, this is the Toronto's year. They're actually going to, they're, uh, they might actually win the cup, this, that, and the other. At best, I saw them making it to the third round. But that whole North division, I think, was skewed or over rated a little bit because of they were facing Canadian teams. Uh, oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, if you put Toronto in the Metro or the Central, okay, maybe the Central, they could, this version of the Central, they could probably fit comfortably, 
like they would be a comfortable playoff team, but you put them in the Metro, they don't make the playoffs. And like because you look at the Metro, honestly, like if you look at every team or every division one through four, Metro easily has the best one through four. The West has two of the best teams. So does the Metro. Central has Tampa Bay, Carolina. I feel like they were skewed a little bit. I I, I honestly s- felt like Carolina just couldn't get over that. They they were there. I gotta I gotta before I let you finish that thought. I gotta say it's the East, not the Metro. Yeah. But um. I know what you meant. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. I, but, I knew what you meant at least. Uh, what were you saying? Oh no, I was I was just saying how Carolina. I feel like they were they were not ready to take that next step. They were showing a lot of promise. Again, it it is kind of the division. The way that the the NHL did the playoff did the divisions this year you're playing only six or seven teams over and over again you're gonna either you're gonna pick up on some tendencies you're gonna get used to how all these teams play and it almost seems like it's like were these teams better or did they just know exactly how to play against this team because they've seen them so many times i think it was a 54 game season um it was 56 i believe 56 so let's say in an eight eight team uh division like three out of yeah. the four teams uh three out of the four divisions where you're playing the other seven teams eight times yeah, cause here's the thing, right? With the like t- uh, the East and the Central, a lot like a lot of the uh, the East teams, like um, like are, what I'm trying to say is, you had Columbus and Carolina in the Central. They're normally in the Metro, and then you switch Buffalo and Boston out of there. Because Boston's a good team. Buffalo's the complete opposite. That's the funny thing about those two. But, like, if you put Carolina and uh, Columbus back in there, you know, because every other team in that um, East Division is from the Metro. Yeah, six of those eight teams are from the Metro. Uh, The Old Atlantic, which is Devils, Islanders, uh, Rangers, uh, Pittsburgh, Philly. Then you add in Washington. So that's six from the Metro. Then you bring in Columbus and uh, Carolina, who's still in the uh, in the uh, the Metro. I know I keep on saying it a lot, Metro, Metro, Metro. If that uh, division was originally like you know how it's supposed to be, does Carolina still do as good? Does Columbus do better? I think Carolina. I think that Carolina takes a little step back, but I think Columbus does better. Does Carolina take that uh, Buffalo or Boston spot in the playoffs? No. Does the rain? possibly or the flyers possibly move up do the devils do better knee-jerk reaction devils no rangers yes and fly flyers yeah i just feel like the, the not to not to go to this because i know you'd love to talk about the devils right now and we're talking <laughs> playoff hockey which well we can't about, we can't talk about your team either i mean they were in the playoffs at least i mean the west the devils i just felt like they they kind of oh they, the devils i'll tell you this they play even for i'll give you one minute for this <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't actually trying to talk about them, I know, but I, I, I was just like saying, like you know, what happens under the Metro absolutely. if it was like how it was. But like they played better than they did last year, and I'll take that. Yeah. I'll take that. But what I was gonna, gonna say next is like the West. You look at the West. Most of them are from the Pacific, you know, with the exception of probably uh, the Blues are Central. The Blues are Central, and then you would have to throw in um, Vancouver, which yeah, they were playing obviously yeah, Vancouver, in, the, in the Nova Scotia um, North or whatever it's called. Uh, yeah. And then uh, Edmonton and um, like I don't I think Colorado is a central team. Uh, Dallas is a central team. Colorado is central. Yeah. Oh no, uh, Colorado. No, Colorado is west. Colorado. Dallas is central. 
Colorado in, under normal circumstances is central. Yeah, Nothing was Dallas actually was here. central this yeah. year. Um, but the point is, I'm saying like if the the divisions were how they were normally, there's a lot of Toronto. I don't think they may make the playoffs in that Atlantic division. They make a wild card spot. I I don't see them winning any division. Because that right? well, that Atlantic division, who else did they had? Um, they had Toronto. Yeah, Toronto only makes the playoffs because that Atlantic division is like Boston. But you also have to remember that taking it all in a normal season, they are playing other weaker competition. It's not like it's... Yeah, yeah. Like, well, that's you're what not I'm, only taking the best of what, the, that, what well, their division That's is. what I'm trying to say. Yeah. It's like they're playing... Like, Toronto specifically was playing weaker competition. Yeah. So that boosted their image. Same with Edmund. In the Atlantic, I don't think they do as good. Because yeah. one thing is Boston. I'll tell you what. I did not expect the Canadians to be the ones to come out of this division. Um, I get, I, I, thought I No, them, I, I could see them being... I saw them behind Toronto. I didn't say... I, I didn't think Edmonton... Oh, you're talking about in the playoffs. In the playoffs. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. No, no, no I, yeah, they I, definitely... I honestly think the Canadians were the second best team in that division. I think that as much as the Oilers had, obviously, those two players, they didn't have much behind him. They had Mike Smith and Ned, who actually had a decent year for them. But aside from that, really, not there wasn't much to look forward to. There wasn't many positives well, coming out of Edmonton. Well, you know what I said? I, I, I'm going to respond with this, is that Canadian division, well, hell, with any division, the thing is, you had the thing about hockey playoffs a lot is not who's the best team in the regular season it's the who's the hottest team going into the playoffs absolutely because uh, uh, let me take you back and then you know what i still got a couple of uh, seconds on that clock so really uh, i think I, it's been more than a minute but go on well i only used about like 10 seconds so we're gonna uh i'm gonna uh, restart that clock I'm going to take you back to 2012, where the Stanley Cup final was between the New Jersey Devils and the Los Angeles Kings. Now, the reason why I bring that up is, do you know what seeds the Devils and the Kings were that year? They were towards the bottom. I don't remember exactly what the they The Devils were. were a six seed, and the Kings were an eight seed. They were the ho- two of the hotter teams going into that playoffs. Mm-hmm. And they showed it because the I know the the Kings beat I forgot who they beat in the first round, but they beat um, Nashville and Arizona in the second and third rounds. Uh, I think they beat. I think the Kings beat. You know what? I could pull it up here. Well, uh, let me. While you while you pull that up, let me go back to the Devils. So the Devils they beat in the first round the Florida Panthers. Who okay? They're not a playoff team, or they're not like a playoff contender every year. But like at that time, they were like, oh my god, we're actually having a good season, and they were I think a three seed because this was back in the old uh division play uh format yeah before they the, restructured yeah before they restructured so you had it was um the three divisions and if you won your division you got a top three and I love that compared to what the NBA was is you were guaranteed a top four I think winning your division should be a more important factor so like you should be at least guaranteed a top three okay so the Kings beat Vancouver in the first round who was the number one seed? Uh, Van- uh, the Rangers were the, uh, or Vancouver, I should say, uh, was uh, the President Trophy winner. Right out the gate, the Kings beat the President Trophy winners. Then you got the Rangers, who were only two points behind. Oh, no, not the Rangers, the the Panthers. Yeah, the Panthers who actually only finished two points ahead of the Devils, but because of the Southeast Division is usually weak. Oh, no, my bad. I, I know I'm correcting myself, guys. And, you know, that saves me time in post. But the Devils have 102. 
Florida had 94. So the Devils actually had... So it was actually more in the favor of the Devils. To well, win they that were first. in a stronger division that They year, were in a very... Four out of the five teams from the uh, old Atlantic made the playoffs that year. The only team was the Islanders that didn't make the playoffs. Well, what you were saying about uh, Vancouver winning the President's Trophy... Yeah. Was it, I believe it was... 2012. Oh, no, no, no. I'm saying as far as um, the President's Trophy... They were coming this off... This year. No, this was year was... Land. Yeah, the Colorado. But they at least made it to the second round. Yeah, and, and it, it almost seems like there are some teams... Teams, I feel like in across all sports, they're the higher seed. They kind of they're expecting it. It's almost like they yeah. expect to walk into the building and win a game. See, this isn't the NBA, folks. Where yeah. like if in the NBA, the higher seed is like historically favored to win. Yes, yes. Like especially now, because well, the NFL kind of is like that too. I mean, you have your your, your unicorn years when you have the six seeds. Which, if you want me to go back to this, yes, the, the Packers, Packers were a six seed in 2010. They did it, but but um, you know who did it first in 2005? The Steelers. I actually didn't know that they were the six seed in that 05 year, which okay. in that uh, very controversial Super Bowl. But we still won the ring, so I'm not gonna. Oh, the other uh, the that was the Seattle. Seattle. One. Okay, that was uh yeah, that was the offensive pass interference call. <laughs> There's a lot of, like, Super Bowls you could go to, like, one penalty that really had a very big uh, effect on the outcome. Yeah. Uh, but, like, I, I got it right up here. If you look at what launched Los Angeles, the Kings did, in that, you know, 2012 Stanley Cup year, the biggest test that they got was from the Devil. They beat Vancouver. Which I believe they beat in six games. They beat right, in six. In the, in the Stanley Cup final. They beat Vancouver, the President's Trophy winners, in five games. They sweep the number two seed St. Louis Blues in four. They beat the number three seed uh, Phoenix, then Phoenix Coyotes, uh, which although I agree to the name change to Arizona Coyotes, um, but they beat that team in five. So they beat the one, two, and three seeds going in. Oh yeah, um, you're you're playing the top seeds if you're coming yeah. They're in playing the, the top um, seed, um, especially at the eight seed. I mean, you look at New Jersey, right? So we beat Florida in seven, and I still remember watching that double overtime. Adam Henry just spins it across the top of the circle and just bam, right in. Then they beat Philadelphia, which was the five seed, but they beat them in five. Then they go on and they play the Rangers and they beat them in six. Obviously, like that moment is seared in my mind. Well, the Devils had obviously, as you as you as you noted, a rougher road to the Stanley Cup final compared um, to the Kings. No, I'm saying like as far as games played. Games played, yes, I'm but not in terms they of had a tougher schedule. In not terms of tougher, tougher teams, the East was a lot more tougher at that time because you had one, two. Two, three, four, five teams over a hundred points. Where in the West you only had one, two, three, four. F- oh wow, they actually had both had five. But um, a debate for another time. Yeah, it's a debate <laughs> for another time. Um, but yeah, the point being, you had an, uh, a six seed and then an eight seed in the Stanley Cup final. And I think along just, uh, the Kings that year is still the only team to win it from an eight seed. The point is, at least with hockey, it's all about getting hot entering the playoffs. Well, I would I would agree with that with any really any sport. Except for the with at least in the main four in North America, the only oh, I exception say, I would say is basketball. Yeah, basketball because usually, eh, historically speaking, it's more like if you're a number one seed, the best odds to win the championship are probably you're playing basketball. that eight seed, and that eight seed honestly because, usually is very. Yeah, un- I don't know how the NBA does this. Not so much in the West, but you see it a lot in the East, where the eight seed is actually under five hundred. Yeah, no, it's I just the way. This- don't understand how that happens. Well, it's just 
the way that the you know the like, wind lost hope. It's just kind of how it falls. It you could only see it in uh, the NFL because you'll have um, that one division winner that'll yeah. sometimes finish one game under five hundred. Well, the MLB they have te- it's not that they no, have the MLB- under five hundred, but they have teams close to five hundred usually in the playoffs. I mean, eighty one and eighty one and five hundred. But the thing is, like, but, they, but I'm saying a lot. There are teams that are close. I'm not saying they're under like in the NBA or they're not that close because usually like the wild card is about 94 wins that's usually like at least in the american league it's about 94 wins that's yeah, where the I mean, bracket is or the cutoff two game season it's it's you have a lot of wiggle room with that whole thing but with with hockey i feel like it's the the best teams that that make the play the best teams are the teams that make you do have those teams who start streaking towards the end yeah, and they'll 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 get in. So going back to the so let's um, go to the yeah the current let's go day to the playoffs. matchups obviously. So um, we got Tampa have... and the Islanders versus uh and then on the other side um you have um Vegas and Montreal. Vegas Montreal. I see Vegas just backhand smacking the the Montreal Canadiens. No offense, Montreal. I, I could see maybe going five. The difference between and uh, you know being is that Toronto is a good team under normal circ- circumstances. Vegas is still a top five team. So you're saying that if Montreal didn't make it and Toronto made it, you'd see more of a series with the Golden Knights? Or I'll tell you this right now. If we were under normal circumstances, Colorado and Vegas would be the, the conference final. Unfortunately, someone oh, had to come out of there. Speaking about this, this is kind of related, so I'm not drifting off topic. So last podcast, I made a statement that this might contradict that. So I said that they weren't going to hand out the uh, conference trophies this year. That was entering the playoffs. Now? Now they might because they've actually uh i don't know if this was a segment on nhl network but they actually named uh i'm gonna see if they actually did this they described the east versus central which is islanders versus tampa they actually named that as the uh whales final the, the hartford whalers i'm just thinking hartford whalers when i hear oh that. so you don't remember how they used to because oh no, no no i'm just saying when i hear those that, are the I old think. before they went to like east versus west yeah like even though it was still technically like Geographical, the names of the conference were actually Wales and Campbell. I know. I'm just. I. I just. I miss the Hartford Whalers. That um, that logo was underrated. That was a very beautiful logo. Although most people will say they were like the um they like the era of the Whalers that um the Hurricanes brought back. You know the okay. green with the white. I like the ones that I like the jerseys that they used right before they left, where it was the uh, the darker blue, darker green, and the gray. To me, it added like a lot more um, flavor. I like the older ones personally a little better than those. But but um, the point I'm trying to say is it's officially called like the Stanley Cup semifinals. It looks like they'll be calling one the Wales final and the other the Campbell final. I'm not sure how true that was. Um, they did because uh, I do remember seeing it on the NHL Network. Like I remember seeing the logos and they, you know they had the two teams in it. So I don't know if there was like a fantasy segment. Like oh what are we gonna you know call up or like I don't know if it. Was uh, real. I hope it is real because it wouldn't feel right, like especially for a semifinal. Like I don't mind the semifinal part, but like the Campbell semifinal and the Wales semifinal sounds so much better because then you can bring the trophies out. To me, that's that can have an effect. A I mean, it feels trophy. like it adds more character. It adds, yeah, it adds more character. Definitely bringing that and kind of you know, I think it's more in a in a day and age where we 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 love to give trophies out. You know, not saying that this is like a particip- 
participation trophy that they're no, getting. it's not. But, but it's, it's nice to get a shiny a shiny statue every now. Yeah. And if I had to guess, Vegas will be telling Montreal that they're their daddy. As I made that bad joke last week with uh, Shawn Michaels when he did that that promo in Montreal after the screw job. We're look. I, I think it's going to be a five game series where Vegas. I just want to go back to the um, topic before we start. I want to go back to that topic I was just saying. Okay. I was looking up. So they are giving out the conference trophies this year. Oh, nice. So the Prince of Wales trophy is going to the winner of Islanders Tampa Bay. So we could call that the Wales semifinal. And then the semifinal between the Montreal and Vegas will be known as the Campbell. So as far as I know, Detroit hasn't done it yet. And neither has uh, Toronto, because I know Toronto used to play in both. As far as I know, Montreal could be the first team to win both conference trophies. Unfortunately, as we're pretty much predicting yeah. now, they yeah. will not no. do that. No. Um, and I think I think it's going to be five. I think it's going to be in five. I don't think it's going to be. I think I don't know if you yeah, necessarily I, I would said say how if, many games. No, I said five. You were I going five. five. Okay, yeah. so we're we're both. They're gonna. I hate I hate doing this because it's so generic. I I feel like when you look at a seven game series, you're looking at two very skilled match teams. teams. Yes. Match teams. When you look at when you're saying a team is going to win in six, you're it, it's kind of in my belief is that a six-game series, it's kind of like the coward's way out. You're saying they're going to get a game or two. They're going to get a game. No, I would say a six-game series is like when you have a really good team going up against a team that's good, that could put up a fight, but you don't expect them to win. But I I think like when when you're making a lot of predictions or when you hear a lot of predictions, I think when you think six games, you're thinking they don't really know. They're not... They don't want to say it's going to be a series, but it's, they also don't want to say it's going to be a one-handed, one-sided. Effect. Yeah, that's how I say it is. It's and not going to be. I think a, six games is kind of like something's going to happen. It's not a cop out. It's just like for me, it's more or less like if you don't have an for that that how I feel right now, like trying to come up with words to say. Yeah, it's kind of like I think you it's don't just like you you don't want to go out on a limb and say like it's going to be a one-sided affair, but you also don't think it's going to be a dogfight. Yeah, basically. Um, and with that, like a five-game series. You're, game. you're leaning heavy towards, yeah. like, they're going to get a game, but that's really going to like, be Like, I would never say, like, unless it's like a, uh, you know, like a Brooklyn Nets or a, um, uh, a Phoenix Suns. Basketball, you see a lot more sweeps in basketball or a lot of those. Especially in that series. first round, because, yeah. like, if it's like a Brooklyn Nets taking on the Charlotte Hornets, I almost called them Bobcats. Um, Showing but, your age here. No, yeah. Kidding. Yeah, so, like, if you said the Nets versus the Hornets or the Suns taking on... I don't know. Uh, what's a bad team? Are you? Are you? Well, I I would tell you this: the Hornets were not in the playoffs this year. So if you're what? just throwing out a bad team, Suns versus the Thunder right now. No, okay, so that Suns Thunder or Suns King. That's to me. That's the only way I would say. Oh, this is going to be a sweep. Otherwise, I, if it's like a mismatch, most of the time I'll say five games. Well, I, so I would say in NBA, not to not to go too far down this rabbit hole. When you're looking at the NBA playoffs, when you're looking at matchups, either you're looking at the top teams or you're looking for a team that has a LeBron James a team that has yeah that that transcendent player if you're gonna say it's gonna be a sweep it has to either be a team that's been dominant all season or a team that is it just has like that LeBron James player that has that you know the NBA has a um, lot of that that yeah. um severely mismatches and that's, that's in, just in that how, first that's round. just the structure of them building yeah. these super teams like but anyway so I think we're both agreeing five games for Vegas and yeah. Montreal and then and that Tampa versus New York, I see that going seven. I generally do because...
because the Islanders got hot versus Boston. They I think needed we're gonna disagree to play Boston. On who wins it though? <sighs> Are you saying Islanders? I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb and say Islanders. Maybe it's because I I currently go, attend P, uh, physical therapy school in Long Island. Uh-huh. It would be very nice to see them win. I just don't like seeing the same team in the finals. I'll every say year. this: I want the Islanders to win. Yes, you know why? Because uh, I'll just say here is because they're, they're Devils like four former <laughs> Devils that are with that team that you know I love tremendously because they give their heart and soul to the Devils. Um, and, and then have of nothing course, to show for it. No. <laughs> yeah, nothing to show Pretty for. Much, That's the sad yeah. thing. Uh, and then you have Lou Lamorello, who's almost a god here. Um, one of the owners actually said that they want to someday build a Lou Lamorello statue outside Prudential Center one day, okay. like they did for Marty. No, they, and that is he deserves it. He one hundred percent deserves it because otherwise, before I even became a fan, that team would have been moved to uh, Nashville if it wasn't for Lou. And if you look look back into that '95 run, throughout that '95 run, as good as they were, they always had that threat to move to Nashville looming over their head. Yeah. Had the Devils not win that cup, they may be moved to Nashville. So what's your pick for this, though? I'm going, as much as I want the Islanders to win, I feel like Tampa's going to win. Okay, so I'm going to say seven games. I like, I really like the way that the I Islanders... I say seven games, too. I like the, the way the Islanders have been playing in general in these playoffs. This isn't, when I look at this matchup, it isn't as evenly matched up as Colorado and Vegas were. But and then we saw how that turned out. Yeah, we saw how that turned out. So anything can happen, but I do think this is probably going to be Tampa's biggest threat because Carolina to me they were a very good team but they weren't a legitimate contender I've always said this about the Islanders I always thought for them as a like a legitimate contender because especially early on they played so well they were one of if not the NHL's best team in that first month maybe that first month and a half and then they not took a nosedive but they finished honestly if they did if they played consistently how they did that first month they win that division there's yeah. no my, down on my mind. Because the East, as much as people don't want to give it to them, or at least the Devils or even Buffalo, Buffalo played like crap. Because that Buffalo, the Sabres can't be good. That's like a hex. It's like, oh, who am I trying to say? There's other teams out there. Like, for a long time, it felt like the Browns could not be good. Um, I still don't know. And not to not to go into football right now, but I feel like the Browns in general, I don't want to say that this, the past they got a, two years have been a flash in the pan. But they got a I, young team. They, they got. They, are they going to be Super Bowl champions next year? Most likely not. We'll get to the AFC if they, they can definitely get back to the if AFC If they have another year like they had, they'll lose were again they in the AFC, AFC They yeah. were in the AFC. They can, no, they no, weren't in the championship game. Oh, I thought they were. Nope. Oh, no, it was Buffalo. They lost to the Chiefs in the divisional round. Um, the Chiefs and- I'd say this right now. The AFC is looking a lot better because I used to think the NFC was um, the conference to be had. The AFC was the, unfortunately, and I hate to say it, like this. The AFC was the better division because of one team, one player. And I would have said to say it. Tom Brady is the reason the AFC was better than the NFC, or at least well, was before he went to the. Well, no, box. no. Here's what I would have said. Right, AFC. It was a lot of Tom Brady versus everybody else. Yeah. NFC was a lot more. It was balanced. Evenly it was more balanced. Yeah, it was a, like you had to, like everybody had a different choice on who they thought was going to compete for the Super Bowl, or I should say, represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. That's what I should say. 
And in the AFC, it was Tom Brady versus everybody else. See, now Tom Brady moving to the NFC, it only heightened the stakes because now instead of the Saints, especially with Drew Brees retiring, instead of the Saints, it's going to be Tom Brady out of the NFC uh, South. Well, let me say this as far as the AFC-NFC debate. If you look at the AFC and how the AFC was built in in the past 20 years, at least since two, the year 2000. It was either Tom Brady, Peyton Well, it Manning, was either the Patriots, the Steelers, or whatever or Whatever team Peyton Manning well, no, was yeah. on. And, and if you look at it, the if you want to just say the teams that Peyton Manning was quarterback of, they went to four. Yeah. The Steelers went to three. That's seven already. And then the Patriots, I think, with Tom Brady, went to nine or ten. And there's only one team in there that uh, went to a Super Bowl during that time. That wasn't. That wasn't either one of those teams. It and Ravens. it was the Ravens. Yeah. yeah. The NFC always had threw a new, new name in the hat almost every year. Yeah, like, it was nice. It was, honestly, I like that. I like that in sports. I don't like a team that dominates like that. That's why I like the NFC. I always thought the NFC even was better because I thought the NFC across the board had not. They didn't have a team that can compete with the Patriots or at least, you know, beat the Patriots other than Eli Manning. But like they had like the NFC had more. Like I, I feel like they had a lot more good teams. AFC, you had those three teams, and then everybody else was just like, we got wins, but we're not as good. Yeah, and it, it really was, at least in the first, I'll say 15 years, because that around, around it was 2013 when Peyton went to the Broncos. Yeah. It was the Colts, they had, the Steelers, and the Patriots were consistently in the playoffs and consistently challenging for Super Bowls. Colts weren't as good. I mean, they, they, they had caught a, on a little later. It, they it did. Took a little bit for... Uh, and that's the sad thing, is that they got really good when Luck retired. Yeah. Luck, and they started to get one of the best offensive lines in football when Luck, his neck was like in shambles. If he comes back, now he you can't mean, come back to them. No, I'm talking about um Andrew because their had... luck didn't really have much with the neck. No, he did. That's well, why he retired. Had the had the spinal fusion in the neck. I forgot. Luck had like neck problems. Luck had neck problems, but it, he I... was out for like almost a whole season. Yeah, and that was right before he retired. And he just lost his like he wasn't enjoying the game. I mean, Luck was Luck. Honestly, was having a hard time with injuries even before that. that but it that wasn't game. like a major injury. It was just nagging injuries. That's what it was. And that's sometimes the worst than just having one big injury. Have it. feeling like you you have this stop start career where you where you can't but get the that brings it back going. to my point that Andrew Luck didn't have the best defensive line and he got Andrew injured. Luck got harassed constantly harassed the time that they actually started to build and actually started to get one of the best defensive lines in football he retires which sucks because he honestly you know you look at the top two picks in the NFL draft that year Luck and Griffin they both went out the same way it's like luck just held on longer and then luck like griffin both of their careers ended i don't similarly i don't think the nfl was ready for him because like now the nfl is like even that was even though back then that was at the height of the wildcat and the height of the option especially in college you know now a lot more in college and nfl kind of miami had their year in the late 2000s but where i think it was 07 when they when they whipped out the wildcat and but actually the worked. point i'm trying to say is that nfl wasn't ready to handle a mobile mobile quarterback. I mean, that's what made certain guys different is that Vic and like Culpepper and like guys that would run who were mobile threats, they were mobile threats because they could also pass, especially a little bit of Colin Kaepernick. So that was going to be my counterpoint to the whole thing. You said that the NFL wasn't right. I feel like they were. It's 
just the Redskins weren't ready to take on that quarterback. Well, I, I, Ka- I mean, Kaepernick, you saw the like. There, don't get me wrong. There, of course, there were teams that knew what to do, but then, but a lot of those guys had better arms. So I think it's less of I, I would I would disagree with the NFL problem. I I do, I never liked how the Redskins ran the organization. No, oh, no one does. And that's no and one that's does. Just, that goes that just goes to organizational issues, and that's yeah. kinda, that's kind of how I feel about the Browns. I feel like the Browns have all well, the I mean, talent in the world. They just can't make it work. The Redskins' them. problem is much much deeper than their coaching staff or anything like that. It goes straight to their owner. Dan Snyder, because there was, uh, I'm not sure if anybody Dan here. Dan Snyder, the name redacted. The yeah, Washington name redacted. Um, he, you know, there was that whole scandal with how it was a horrible work environment, especially in the office, and then as the harassing of the cheerleaders, um, the the calendar, and then almost pretty much straight up pimping the, their cheerleaders out. Normal, completely. Yeah, normal. it's completely normal <laughs> for the NFL. Like it legitimately was like if you took a blitz the league team from all the the for anybody that's played that game, that was a very overdriven take on football. It was like everything was ramped. You know, though all the sex and the drugs and the, the injuries and the steroids. And if you took a team like that and turned it into a real-life team, but they were horrible, that's what the Washington football team became. Now, like, the only reason they changed the name is because they were going to lose sponsor their, their sponsorship on their stadium. They were going to lose funding for a new stadium where RFK is currently sitting right now. Honestly, if I'm D- Dan Snyder, I just sell a team, get out now. And because unlike... You don't want to turn into a um. Oh, what was his name? Are you thinking basketball? The guy that used to own the Clippers. The Donald Sterling. Yeah, Sterling. The, yeah, hockey. <laughs> I guess we could go back to hockey. Well, I, I figured we could. We just, were on hockey for a little. I know bit. we made our we made our picks last week about who we thought was going to be in the cup, which we we now have done. So you think it's going to be Vegas and Vegas Tampa. and Tampa Bay, and between those two uh, two teams, I think it's going to be Vegas. You're thinking Vegas? I'm seeing Vegas because Vegas has the hot goalie. Vegas has the hot scoring power right now. Unless Montreal somehow exposes Vegas in their flaws or Robert Leonard decides to start the entire conference semifinals, I don't, or the conference final, I should say, I don't see Montreal winning. And, like, to me, like, it's hard to find a flaw. Like, there are flaws with Vegas. There's flaws with any team. No team is perfect. I would say Tampa's pretty close to it not Tampa's not as close as Colorado well no 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 I'm saying out of the teams that are left oh well yeah out of the teams that are left obviously Tampa Bay is the biggest challenge but I don't think Tampa Bay is good enough like I think out of all the teams that did make the playoffs Vegas's top threat was Colorado only because Colorado's top threat was Vegas those were obviously the two best teams coming into the playoffs well it's iron sharpens iron or I believe that's the same from playing each other so much they they basically were prepared for this run no matter what happened. As much as I like to say the Eastern Conference is always better than the West, I honestly, there was part of me that believed if we did get Colorado and Vegas, which we did, one of those two teams are going to win the Stanley Cup. Okay, and, and I agree. I think we can both agree. It's a lot more clear-cut with Vegas and Montreal what's going to happen in that in that matchup. I think that I would like to say that if, if we're going off of if we go with my take where I think the Islanders are going to win the game, win the series against Tampa, I still think 
I, I just feel like it's hard for me to discredit what I've seen with the Islanders and with what the contributions that they've gotten. I feel like they've gotten a lot of contributions from these second, third, fourth line guys. I'll tell you, I'll say this. In order for the Islanders to win, they have to be perfect. They can't let up. Like, in order for the Islanders to win the cup, yeah. they have to be perfect. Well, no, no, I'm, I'm just saying getting out from Tampa, getting past But even Tampa. getting out against Tampa, they have to play perfect hockey because Tampa is a very skilled team. They're the defending champions for a reason. If Vishnevsky... Vasilevsky. Vasilevsky. I don't know why I keep on saying Vishnevsky. That's a good um, question why you're saying... But I, I'd say out of the four goalies from these teams that are left... I'm taking Flurry. I'm taking, taking Flurry. Okay. He's playing... He's the hottest goalie right now. Yeah. Vasilevsky's no slouch, but... He's no I'll slouch. I'll take him over Price and I'll take him over Varlamov. Price, ooh, a little bit of the bubbly. Always a little. Is bit that our new sponsor? I hope so. <laughs> Chris Jericho, hit me up. But the point is, I would probably put Price ahead of Val- Vasilevsky. Vasilevsky, Russians got some names. I, and I even, know they're my people. Yeah, <laughs> um, like honestly, like like they're easy names, like Ovechkin, Kovalchuk. But then it's those like the Vel- It's the V's. Yeah, it's the V's that really throw me off. Sveshnikov. Sveshn- no, I could say. I feel. Like you slur, you, I slur it like a drunk guy. It's like, yeah, it's like we're doing a, a sobriety test. I slur you. it. I slur it like a. Uh, oh, who's sad? I slur it like a Toronto Maple Leafs fan watching their game. Wow, we're we're, yeah. we're taking shots at Toronto. Yeah, hey, no, you know what? They talked a lot. Toronto talked a lot. Like their fan base talked a lot. So it, it's about time that we had it. Oh, I agree. But I definitely think that if we ever needed to do a sobriety test with you. We're just gonna have you pronounce Russian names and yes, that's how that's how they like they that's how they should do sobriety tests. Well, not for Russian people who can pronounce them. Yeah. Well, then you have them say somebody else. Yeah, you you find you find a certain name. That's how you. I guess Arabic. Arabic similar. It's whatever, but um, I would say that if the Islanders have any hope, I agree they have to play damn near perfect hockey. Yeah, they 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 do because. And I'll tell you what, if they're able to, and if they're able to pull this off, more. More for them, you know, good for them. I said this last time. The Islanders are literally, or the Tampa Bay is literally the same, almost the same team as the Islanders, but better. Like, that's the difference between, or at least that I find between the two. So, we both believe that the Stanley Cup final is going to be Tampa versus Vegas. I am putting my money on Vegas. Um, I would like to say that I think that I want to pick the Islanders, but it's going to be Tampa. It's going to be Tampa and Vegas again. I want the I mean, Islanders. Tampa again, Vegas. So, so, but that's the funny thing is that, especially as a Devils fan, I'm, I want, as much as I want the Islander, like, like, you know, you would think that I would be rooting against the Islanders because they're a New York team. I don't have like a hatred or I don't see the Islanders as a rival. I'm not sure how, you know, the rest of the Devils fan base feels. And I, I don't know how the Islanders fan base feels. I felt like much of our rivalry between those two teams is just who hates the Rangers more. It's kind of like, um, isn't there like, it's something like that in, uh, European football, there's I mean, like there, some there are the hatred. Top teams. There's well, no, you have like two top teams that are kind of close, but don't really have a hatred for each other. They just want to prove who hates their their equal rivals, like who hates them the most. Well, I would say that in most sports, rivalries are here. Like Man teams, City, teams hate each other. Man City and Ch- uh, Chelsea. You don't really hate Man City. You just want to prove to Man City fans that you hate 
Man U more. Well, as a as a Chelsea fan, Man U. That's is, why I say Man Chelsea. U is the bane of my existence. I, yeah. I do not. Well, it's That's like that in a lot of sports. Um, European football fans are very vicious. Very vicious. Oh, extreme. They're so I respect, vicious. I respect how how vicious they can be. They'll it, fight in the stand. I mean, not like other um sports. They'll they cause riots. Yes. That's actually soccer fans as a whole because I've seen that a lot in South America. That is does respect. There. And that's one thing we um we might actually might next week when we record episode three we might be a little uh, far into um the euro so we could, we could talk on that absolutely I, like I there was to... let me ask you this uh sorry for calling you off yeah, but no let problem. me ask you this question now i heard one commentator say this i don't know how you would certainly feel about it but he said that the euros i don't know if he had like a um at least the quality of play was better but he said the euros is better than the world cup would you agree with that statement so i would say the euros it's almost like the the gap of in talent between teams and the euros is a lot closer yeah because that's one thing he well, brought you look up at like the world six cup, of the yeah, seven right. best teams in the world are in or europe and that's the thing i mean you just look at which the is world cup which and- is why i'm like so pissed off at like the u.s soccer fan federation like why can't we have the best women's team in the world there's no doubt about that why can't we do that for the men's with a bigger budget and like we have our own league that we should build upon the issue is not the budget it's no that's what i'm saying like why is the people that run that federation so stupid that they can't put the time and effort in building united states soccer we can't even beat the mls teams can't even beat the mexican team well and and the issue is we don't care enough i mean we don't but, but let, let me yeah. let me let me throw this out there we have the women's and as far as america is concerned if you want to watch a team win you watch every four they're years. not gonna they're not gonna build up the men's team they're just gonna say if you want to if you want to see an american team win in soccer just watch the women which is which is why they should build i feel like they should build from the youth like you it's not about it's not about we um, can't america just doesn't as far as the men are are concerned the men's soccer in america they don't care no they don't which is why i feel like they should try to because we're so far down it's like why put the effort in when we can just think about other things i mean i feel like but they need they'd rather bolster like, the women's team than try not, to help the men's yeah like i'm not denying that fact but to me i feel like you don't have to like take effort away from the women to boost the men up well let me let me say this american soccer versus european soccer we're playing checkers they're playing chess they're playing it's, like it, another form of chess it's just too it, it's too they've been doing this for for generations at this point. I mean, they are, but what I'm saying is like we have the resources to help build us to get near that level. Let me ask like, you this. You you would say that you're average to maybe uh, you could even stretch above average soccer fan? I wouldn't uh, I would say in between average and above average. Okay. So let me Like let I me, know what's going on. Don't get me wrong. Let me ask you this. You so you you you're, you know what's going on, you would say. I look around at a lot of Americans. You can agree with me on this or disagree agree when is the only time we care about soccer oh, yeah, every four years every we're four doing the years. world cup but i like i feel like the federation should they have the resources i'm not talking about a budget i'm talking about the resources they have the resources to change that but they don't choose to change that
that. And I feel like, well, you could, like how you said, oh, well, like, why would you? But why would you? But what I say is, if you don't try to change it, like, I don't mind it if they tried to change it and it didn't work. Like, okay. Like, if they tried something they and they didn't, like, it didn't work, I wouldn't mind that. But they're not. The issue they're not is doing that anything. in America, we don't look at football, at, at soccer, yeah. as so a religion. That's the no, issue. No, we don't look at it as, as a it as a religion. We look at football as a religion. It's not even. It's not even. It has to be a religion because look at hockey. We're not. We don't like this country. We have Canada. We have Canada right there. We do have Canada yeah. right there, but we don't look at it as it a religion like Canada does. We like, don't need to. But we're still. We still have talent. What I'm saying is. Well, well, the, the issue there is that you're saying we don't look at it as a religion. The Canadians do, and where do most of the great players in the NHL come from? They come from Canada. They play in the NHL. But I, what I'm talking about in, in is a uh, uh, world competition, like in the I uh, in the the world championships every year. Or well, people the- people overseas in Europe don't want to come to the U.S. to play soccer because it's almost. I'm not saying it's like an insult to them to be to come to America to play soccer. No, it's but a, they it's definitely a, don't look at it as a challenge. They don't look at it. As that's like why that. I'm saying that the federation. I'm not disagreeing with your point. Yeah. But what I'm just saying is that you're bringing up these points, and the federation has done nothing to Absolutely. change that. And I would like to say this as a Rutgers fan, you can understand when you guys brought in Greg Schiano two years ago at this point. It was like a year and a half. A year, a year and a year and a half, two years ago. Notice how much more Rutgers, from what you've seen, is relevant has become relevant. We need we American soccer doesn't need a Greg Schiano. Greg Schiano, yeah, to really because boost like it now, like it. right now, if you were to go on Rivals uh, twenty four and look at their top ten recruiting classes, yep. Rutgers is six, yep. six, which is. Insane uh, with the, the same amount of talent or the same amount of uh, commitments from a school, uh, and they have more than a school like um, oh, there was a top ten school that's really good that we have, or uh, like you know a, a SEC school that's yeah. I think it's like Mississippi State, I mean, like we're ahead of. Not one of the top SECs. They're, 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 they're better than Rutgers yeah, by they're far. Better than Rutgers, but like that—that's what I'm trying to say. Is but like, America doesn't have that Greg Schiano to be like, hey, hell, come play. Greg Schiano has helped get recruits in other sports yeah. like uh, basketball, men's basketball. We got the Rutgers got their best prospect in years and Cliff I'm gonna butcher that last name but Yogi. you know that sounds about right for you as far as butchering last names listen I know him as Cliff alright but that the point is he was Rutgers top prospect in men's basketball in almost even ever like the women's basketball team they are the women's basketball team not this past class but the one before that, like, landed the fifth best, pro- fifth or sixth best prospect in the nation. That, like, Greg Schiano has an effect. This year, Rutgers had uh, first time playoff or NCAA tournament birds in the men's basketball team. Uh, both lacrosse teams, rowing, they've rowing, they finished seventh. Like, wrestling is on fire. Like, Graciano has an effect that's not just changed Rutgers football, but Rutgers, all of Rutgers. That's what United States soccer needs because now we're the United States. We're the biggest market in the world, but we have a, a, a soccer league that's like some of our stadiums are actually better in like in terms of amenities and like they hold more people than some of the Premier League stadiums like obviously those Premier League stadiums are 150 years old but you're coming you're coming for the team you're not coming for the amenities of the stadium that's a bonus you don't that, you're not you're not paying well, the for amenities, a seat there to, for the amenities the amenities are supposed to bring people back well but here's the issue and this is this is really this is when we'll know that we've arrived at- and like i said i'm not i'm not disagreeing with your issues. I'm just angered at the fact
fact that they have done nothing to change this. Well, let me, let me tell you the point that we need to get at, get to as a country if we want to be taken seriously in soccer. Europeans take it as a demotion to come to America and play. Americans want to go to Europe and play. Yeah. But Europe is at the point where they can be like, we don't really want you. Yeah, that's why I'm Europe, saying... Europe can... Europe's like a bouncer. Yeah. They're not going to let you in unless you're one of the, the hot girls that they want to yeah. let into the club. America is like, hey, just come... They're, they're, the, they're letting they're the anybody... They're letting people handing flyers out like, please, yeah. please just come. They're like the, the, uh, the nerd kid that's actually throwing a party for once and he just wants everybody to show up. Yeah. So he'll bring everybody and that's that's the thing we just so, don't have we don't yeah. have the structure we don't have the reputation and we don't have the interest Do, as far as a fan base and as far as a country those, is concerned those last two things we could easily change Nope. No, I feel like, I feel like we can. The issue is that they have to put the time and effort. The into issue is we that. have football and we have baseball and we have basketball, which we are as far as national leagues. No, this is what we put our effort into. I'm not saying it. I'm not saying they should try to beat that. I'm saying they could definitely be on that level because I tell you this right now. When does soccer play here? I mean, they play like when does the MLS? When is well, their you're season? Say, you're talking about a lot. When is there as far a, as the other seasons? When is there? What is their time frame? They play in the su- I mean, they play in the, in the summer. summer. They play in, yeah. How many other sports leagues play in the summer? Baseball. Baseball's on a decline. Um, I wouldn't say so. Baseball. If you look at the attendance and the like, the 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 uh, viewerships, like or at least the uh, ratings, there they are actually on a decline. That's where there's only one other sport in this country that plays in the summer, and that's baseball. That the soccer, the MLS, they play there. They could definitely I mean, get some market NHL share. plays in the summer because of the playoffs. But the NHL usually ends technically. No, they end in the spring technically because the I mean, summer doesn't start. Summer start doesn't start till June. 21st. That's when the NHL draft is usually is. Because the NHL is done by the first week of June. Usually. They're still going. Well, they're going now because this is an unusual season. But... The point being, there's only one major... If you want to look at competing with other major sports, there's only one major sport out there. And but people don't care. But the thing is... People need to care, and they just don't care here. That's in this country, when it comes to sports or things like that, it's not people wanting to choose. You're not making people choose one or the other. And especially like with sports franchises, especially if you look at like inner-city teams. Like uh, one th- I'm going to throw out there. Uh, one example is Pittsburgh. You look at the Steelers, you look at the Pirates, you look at the Penguins. They all have the same color scheme in that black and yellow. They're very close, a very close knit community. Like they support each other. A lot of the New York teams support each other. Those sports teams, like those soccer teams, the only team. Okay, let me throw this as an example, right? You got three hockey teams here. That's the only sport out of the four major sports. That's the only one with three teams in such an immediate area. The only team that the Devils, the only two teams that the Devils are competing with is the Islanders and the Rangers. They're not competing with the Yankees. They're not competing with the Mets. They're not competing with the Giants or the Jets because they're not in the same sport. When it comes to soccer, like we look at the New York teams, the Red Bulls are not competing with the Yankees, the Devils, the Mets, and all that. They're only competing with the NYFC. But if they're competing with each other, they're building each other up. That's why MLS, they don't have to worry about competing with the other sports leagues here in the States. They should more worry about putting themselves on par with the other European uh, leagues. The issue with what you're saying is that you are 
assuming that the football season ends when February ends, which it does not. No, it doesn't. They have the off season. They have the draft. They have training camps. But it's they have not everything. like they have the preseason. They're also. not competing with the other sports. They they're not, but they are. They're not. I the I'm only just... time they could actually technically compete is when they're they have games on at the same time. But it's not like well, people care more about the draft than they would about a soccer game going on. But that's not that doesn't. Let me mean... ask you this: Did you tune into the NFL draft, or would you rather tune into a soccer game? The point I'm trying to say. Just answer my question. That doesn't mean. That you're gonna mean choose. You're gonna choose off-season things for a sport that you like better than a game that you're not really. But interested that doesn't in mean that, that they're not recording that game. That doesn't mean. But also, like they're not. You're also competing. thinking the other issue with America is the coverage that soccer gets versus the other sports. That's why soccer itself has to build, or at least the United States Soccer Federation has to build soccer here in the states. They won't. They won't. That's the problem. I know. They I, won't. But that's what I'm saying. It's not lucrative enough, and it's not it's not a smart enough investment. But the that, United States Federation. That they see. It's not a smart enough investment for them to make to pour all of these resources into soccer. But when they can bank on football, they can bank on baseball, they can bank on NHL, this is, and they can bank on, on This basketball. is not the MLS. The MLS, the actually, the MLS is actually doing pretty damn good. So if the United States. You're saying they need to, they need to outsource to I'm European? Not, I'm not saying, I'm not talking about the MLS here. I'm talking about the United States Soccer Federation. Like if that federation actually put the time and effort, effort to build soccer, it could help build the MLS. Well, you need to well. build the MLS first before you build a better national team. They need to build, but what I'm saying is you could build through. Because where do you where do you take the the national team from? But you what take I'm them saying is if you build Mostly. if you build what I'm saying is like they should like if I'm the head of the soccer federation, right? What I'm targeting is helping build soccer in the youth and like try to because soccer is a very popular sport with kids here in the United States. And, and like it is, but it loses its steam. It loses by, its like, steam by college. That's the problem. So if we know that's the problem, we have to do something to help these kids not You need to make it more attractive for them, but we yeah. don't care to and that's the issue. Yeah no yeah that's the issue is that they don't care to change it. We also don't have the history. That's we my don't have we don't really need anything. history. We don't need history. You can build your own history but yeah, let you me can ask build you your own this. history. It's a lot easier to bank on the history of an established brand than to start up a new brand and hope that it it gets going. It's easier. Why did Patriot? What what does America like doing? They like making things easy and they like having things. Why did why did why did uh, Patriot uh, Pichangelo Petrangelo? Petri- why did he sign with Vegas? They don't have a history. Yes, they do. They don't. They have yes, a very they don't have an eighty year history. But we, let me ask you this. Wait, hold up. We have a history. It's not as big as European history or uh, you know English soccer history or Spanish. We definitely have a history. The issue with what you're talking. about with Petrangelo's what did Petrangelo wanted to do? He didn't want to go to a team that's not good anymore that but has a good history. He wants to go to a contender where he can win again. But no, if you're saying it's history, if like history is a main problem, like I'm not saying it is. I'm saying it's a contributing factor to the issue. It's not a major contribute. If you can, what I'm saying is, if you build, it's contributing. Our, I'm not saying it's big or it, that it makes it. That's the reason. What I'm trying to say is, if you build our youth today to help build that love for soccer, it's going to pay off five, ten years 
years from now. It is, but it won't. It, it would. It should, but it won't, I mean. It would. We've been, if you don't think we've been trying to do that, then. They haven't put in, been putting in the effort. Okay, and wh- what do you suggest they do? Well, I, I'd like you, to ask this. If you're saying they do. They should. They don't, really, I mean. really, really, really invest in that World Cup. But the issue is, if you're playing against American soccer players who are not, and I will, I will stand by this, who are not as good as the international, as far as the Europeans, as far as the South Americans, as far as really anywhere else in, Amer- in in the world, if you're playing against subpar competition, how are you to expect no, no, us it's to not, play against my point the is not well. well, no, my point is not trying to get Europeans to come here, you know, the top Europeans no, no, to come I'm here or something like if that. If you're expecting them to build through the American system, that's not how it works. You want to get good and you want to be you want to be good in America, you go to Europe, you go to these places where I'm they saying, know how to do car- uh, player development, then you come back to America and that's when you're really good and you're able to play and be but really good. What I'm saying is, yeah, well, that that's a problem. So how about we change that? We could change that through, what I'm just saying is like redeveloping the youth academy, right? To get these players that are good, that have potential, to get them even better. And they stay here. And then, okay, maybe they do go out to uh, um, Europe to that's get the That's the only way they really get but better is by going international. But they are still, when it comes to international competitions, they are still American and they still suit up for the Stars and Stripes. So I feel like... So we, we send our players overseas to get better, to come back to America to play. And that could help build if you've seen that like if you're trying to do that it it doesn't help it does issue it helps the mls it doesn't help anybody else mls is almost at 30 teams like there is enough popularity for the mls to survive because it's actually it's doing record numbers it's just that the issue is if you want to see good football good soccer no you don't watch mls no i'm not saying that what i'm saying is you want to see the cream of the crop i just want to build I just want to build our American players here to be in a point where our top team or like our national team can compete. But America needs to want it. It can't just yeah, be yeah. a fan wants to see this happen and then it happens. You got to make that. But America. You got to make them. America want doesn't it. care. You got to make them care. That's how it works. Until you Nobody, figure out a way Nobody's going to care about our crappy podcast. We got to make people care. And I feel like that's what we're doing. Yeah, but this is a, it's a lot easier to make people care about a podcast than to change the entire fabric of. But a, a country who has other things that we have these established brands. Look what the Why NFL, would we try to do something Well, look at new? what the NFL did. The NFL took on, if you make it uh, that standpoint, the NFL took on Major League Baseball, who was king here for y- at least six, seven decades. And they took them on, and now they're the kings. So what I'm not saying is... But, you're, but, but you what also I'm saying are forgetting is, that the NFL see, had competition. Your problem is... or your. The problem with your viewpoint is that in order for the United States to be a legitimate powerhouse in soccer, they have to dethrone the NFL. They have to dethrone MLB. It's not about... You're forgetting, you're forgetting that the NFL did not play... The NFL was not the only player with major league, uh, with um, professional football. You had the AFL. The, they reason, weren't, the reason why... The NFL was around before the AFL came out. I know. But, and the NFL sh- shut them out. But you the do NFL know that was the always NFL, came. the only reason the NFL got big as it is because the AFL merged with it. No. The yes. NFL was already big. It was not. It did not reach Look height. at those first two Super Bowls. Yeah, where the AFL where they was were, getting blown out. Yeah, the AFL USFL the was only, a bigger threat. The only time the NFL took the AFL seriously was in 
Super Bowl three when Joe Namath guaranteed yeah. the win, and then they beat the Baltimore Colts. Well, no, at that point, that was that already is when that's profe- when the merger was already final. That is when professional football exploded in this country. I would say you football, need competition. You need. I would iron say pro. It wasn't. Iron. It wasn't. It wasn't until later that pro football got hot. Nope. I would say around the eighties. You needed Joe Namath. You needed these characters. You needed these athletes that were bigger than life. L- you tell me about it. You tell me a professional soccer player in the MLS right now that is on the on the national stage. No, no, I'm not saying, listen, listen, I'm not saying they have to compete with these leagues. But who's the MLS competing with in America to make them better? In terms of soccer, no one. But they're not. They corner the market. They have the monopoly on American soccer. But in... And they are are content with their level of competition. But what I'm saying is... There is no one pushing them to be better. I feel... But here's the thing. Like, when you look they at the NHL... They know they're not going to the with Europe. The NHL hasn't had competition in years. MLB has never had a legitimate major competition in terms of baseball. The NHL has. Not since the WHL. But the, the problem is that for soccer to get better in this country... They are fine where they are. They have to be... That's... Yeah, that's a problem. But American hockey, they do actually care to get better. They do yeah. care to develop players and to bring them up. I feel like this whole half an hour or however but, long we've been talking but, about this... But the issue is that you're looking at the... If you look at the NHL and why they are as good as they are is because it's not just players from America playing in it. They have a lot of foreign talent coming in. But what I'm... Yeah, yeah. MLS not, does not have that. They don't have they that They need luxury, to get that. But they won't because players won't. would rather play overseas. They need to change that mindset. That's the issue. They can't. Yeah. They will not. They, they're they set where they, they are. Can't. They can't. I feel like they, they can, can, but they won't. They won't. Yeah, yeah that's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm... That's the issue. That's a lot of... I've noticed whenever we You've get into this... You've been agreeing with me, but yeah. disagreeing with the same yeah, time. Yeah, you do the same thing. It's uh, the way you phrase it. Yeah, yeah, it's the way we phrase it. Because I'm like, wait, what the hell is he arguing about? But, um, but yeah, like, that's well, you're, the thing. You're, you're looking at the optimistic half, like, this is what we should do, and everything will work out, and this and that, and I'm like, but it won't happen. No, obviously, nothing is going to go to plan, but what I'm saying is, a starting point should be building the youth. America America is not attractive for international soccer players to come. It's to. not. It's not. And that but is why I we feel will like, never win. We will never. But win I feel country. like if we can improve our youth playing soccer, that overall the talent here could be better. They could, you know, start out in MLS to improve the MLS. What I'm saying is we should improve our development system to improve the MLS to make it a little more attractive. I'm not saying we, you know, make it a little more attractive, like it grows by like 5%, and then we go out and try to get Messi or Ronaldo. No, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, you know, we make it, make ourselves improved, right? And then maybe we go out and get some, or look at some of the better uh, Mexican players. Maybe we try to get Pulsic to come home. Pulsic? Pulsic. Yeah, uh, I said right the second Christian time. Pulsic. Maybe we get him to Captain come home. America. We get some of our top American players to come home. We improve the generally what I'm just trying to say is that we should definitely work on improving our development developmental system to get these kids to play who do like enjoying playing soccer to keep them playing soccer to college and then hopefully to the MLS. I remember I was watching a movie, I think it was Horrible Bosses, and the main the main antagonist, I guess you'd call him, um, Christoph Waltz in that movie. Yeah. Because it was it was the three of them, Jason Bateman, Charlie Day, and Jason Sudeikis, their character 
characters in the movie were like, they were asking them, they were like, what about the American dream? And Christoph Waltz's character said, the American dream is built in China. Yeah. That is, that is exactly how football, yeah. uh, football, not soccer, football is viewed in America. It's built overseas. If you want any yeah. sort of success, you go overseas. And, what and I'm that's su- just how it is. Yeah. And like, what pisses me off is like, I think the Premier League and the, um, like the Italian League and then, uh, um, Syria and then uh, La Liga they have I think they might have better deals here than the MLS does and like if I'm like the MLS or if I'm the head of the US Soccer Federation how am I not mad what I'm saying is like I've never been disagreeing with what you said I'm just saying we need to build well I think you're saying why not and I'm saying it's just not how America views it America doesn't look at soccer as a priority that's why I'm saying we don't have a great Shiano we don't care we don't we really don't care and that's just that's just you need to you need to get the bottom line with the whole thing and i feel like like i know this is not going to change overnight for the well and that's why when you were like oh but nfl was able to do this i'm like but the nfl also had the afl to compete with them yeah i tell you this right now they were able to really no i tell you this right now afl wasn't as much as competition afl was a different kind of football i tell you this right now the usfl had better football than the afl well the usfl had talent poached from it but the afl well, they also had the afl was the more wide open passing league the nfl was the ground game shove it down your throats when you were able to combine those two different kinds of styles that's how the nfl really got well, to the it wasn't point even, where it was it wasn't even just like talent poaching it was like uh guys like doug Flutie, well, who was drafted in both leagues yeah he was drafted in both the USFL and the NFL, but the A- uh, the USFL paid him more, so he went with that. Well, yeah, and that's how it is. You look at what and then the Herschel resources Walker. are, but the the NFL really became how it was when you combine these two I conflicting mean, styles, and then but people the NFL, looked at it and they were like, "Oh, we don't just have to settle for the ground game, the the three yards and a cloud of dust style." What I NFL meant by that. Offering. What I meant by that earlier was that the NFL didn't become the league, like the top league here, until the 90s. Because that's when the MLB was on the decline and the NFL Oh, no, no, no. no. I'm talking about in football. Football, it had the monopoly early on. Oh, the NFL was a cute little... The NFL has been the top league since, like, at least the 40s. Yeah. At least. Well, I would... The I, AFL was never competition. I would argue that ever since its inception, the NFL was the biggest as far as football. Yeah, yeah. But it didn't really explode until the Super Bowl came around, which the first two were the NFL-AFL championship, and then it, they... Then and they, they, then they what I meant and, by that yeah. was that the that's when I guess you could say that's when maybe the public reception of it turned yeah. because a lot of football's early days was that it was a brutal sport you know there were people straight up dying on the field well and that's what the appeal that. was a lot of people in America look at soccer and they say why would I watch these hundred pound soaking wet guys run around and kick a ball I'll be honest I'm st- I, I know like I think I enjoy watching soccer like I genuinely I enjoy- hope so if you, like, if you Say you're a fan of soccer. Like, you shouldn't I, I, I would. <laughs> I never really did consider myself a fan of soccer. Like there would be teams that I'd support. Like I consider myself a New York Red Bull fan. I consider myself an AC Milan fan. But let me ask you this: If I were not a ask, fan, but if I, I were to ask you a couple, like to name a couple players on on the on the end of, or uh, Red, I Bulls. would have been able to do it uh, about three years ago. Exactly. Only because they you don't went, keep up with it. I I follow them on social media. To feel confident about it. Yeah. Yeah, not as much as I know. 
And, that, and that's the thing. And that's how a lot of people, I'm not saying that you are, you are more towards the spectrum of, I want to be a soccer fan. I just don't know how to that's a lot of it, sustain yeah. it. Yeah. And like, I want to Most be, of America is, I'm going to be a soccer fan when, when the United Team States USA play. plays. Yeah. It's less, I want to be a soccer fan and more, oh, that's America's why, playing. That's why the World Cup in 2026 is so important. Well, I look at it like this. You look at the 4th of July. People are fans of the 4th of July not because not because America claimed independence. It's more because you get to barbecue. You get to yeah. go outside and shoot off That's the same thing with Christmas. Yeah. Everything is boiled down to a more entertaining version of what it is. What I'm trying to say, though, is like the World Cup, both the U.S. Soccer Federation and, the United, or, and MLS need to capitalize on that World Cup so bad because that's the biggest event in sports. Like, as big as the Super Bowl is, the World Cup is, the World Cup final at least is bigger. But it's isn't it sad global. how the women are basically overlooked even when they win the That's World the sad Cup. thing. That is, because they are legitimately... The men, the men team, when the men lose a game, make, I think, when I looked at the figures, more than triple what the women made when winning a game. Yeah. And and it's... it's Well, that's more with FIFA. That's not what... Well, no, no, but I'm Is saying, that what the U.S. Soccer Federation? Is well, that what FIFA... Well, you're looking at FIFA, The World Cup is through FIFA. Well, it... Did it take place in the World Cup? What you're talking about? Well, the, no, it, I'm saying is like you're talking about those disparities in payment. Yeah, what yeah. that aren't those FIFA contracts that they have? But FIFA is FIFA is soccer. It, but the point is, if you had to, let me ask you this: If you had to say who 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 basically is soccer, you throw out a throw out a organization. It's FIFA. Yeah, it is FIFA. It's FIFA. That but, that is that is the. The this main is, player. This is um like don't get me wrong. I think I will. I believe no. the women, the U.S. women team, should be definitely paid as much as the men's team. At least because at least as much. I think they should be paid more. They should be paid more. But if you look at the numbers, like percentage wise, they get paid the same amount, like percentage wise. But the bigger number, the bigger disparity is how much each team makes. So like the or at least how much each like sport makes like men's soccer makes at least like quadruple the amount of money well you're looking at advertisements you're looking at ad space you're looking at things like that that's That's why why they make more that's why it shouldn't be that way yeah like that's why the flat line is different like don't get me wrong i'm not saying if i agree with it or not or like agree with it i should believe like i do believe that the women should be paid more at least because they are winners but it's just the women's like side or not i'm not sure if it's like this who exactly pays them but they don't like whoever pays them they don't make as much as the men's side does well that's why the flat number is more the sad thing is people would rather see the men's team get blown out 8-0 then see the women's team blow out a team 8-0 i'll be honest i enjoyed uh what was it uh 2011 or 2014 when it was the men's team i think it was what was that year in brazil uh I think 20, 2010, 2010 was South, South Africa. Africa. Yeah, then twenty fourteen was, was Brazil. So that year when I it was like the men's and then the next year with the women's team, I enjoyed the like obviously I enjoyed the women's World Cup run so much more, and I stuck with it because you know obviously the United States is better there. Yeah. But what I'm saying, I think most U.S. soccer fans would say that the women's team is more enjoyable than the men's team. People I've talked to, they don't really watch the women. They don't World watch Cup. the women's. They team. don't watch it the way they watch the. Watch the men's. I and watch it like I, I I enjoy the women's 
game more, or at least the you know the women's well, team. Well, you more. you I would say like soccer more than the yeah. majority than the average American yeah, yeah. person. Where were we going with this? Uh, talking about the talking about why like the men's. I'm gonna have a lot of these people. Are so. you talking about the men's, or are you talking about like soccer in general in America? I I think. Well, the point I was just trying to make was that the flat, like, it's kind of like how we talk about with baseball and hockey. Hockey may be a lot more enjoyable to a lot more people. Okay, I, I can't, maybe, that's why I throw maybe out there. But players, like, you would talk about how, like, uh, you know, these guys in baseball get $400 million contracts over 10 years. Meanwhile, these hockey players, they may get $100 million over Well, eight. I would ask you this. Do you think that certain sports in America are more popular because there are more American players? No. I think it, it all retains to the quality. Well, let, let me let me say this. I think out of the main four sports, football has the most American athletes playing. Yeah, I would agree with would that. Would you say that football is the most popular sport in America? In America, yes. Okay. So next I would say probably basketball has the second most Americans. Would you say that basketball is the second yes. most popular? Yeah. Baseball, and then it's hockey. Really, realistically, as far as like American athletes, well, it, I baseball, think it's, I think it's used, football, basketball, baseball, and then hockey. Baseball the used to be the top, but I think it's. But more, they import a lot of a lot of um, South American, Central American players. Uh, it's a lot of a lot of more Spanish of, people um, playing. More of the Caribbeans, like you know, like the Dominican Central Republic. America. Is that that is that Central is America? Central? Okay. I'm like. I said well, this Puerto Rico DR yeah yeah I, 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 I thought that was another technically another region nope that is but um but the Caribbean yeah. if you really want to I don't think America like as a country it says, almost seems like there's uh there's a correlation between how many Americans play that sport but baseball and how popular baseball it is. has been on a very very big decline like especially you look at attendance yeah. like attendance is. At its lowest than it's been in years. Well, baseball, I feel like the baseball. It, it seems like if a team's not doing well, no one shows up to the game. Even the good teams, like yeah. even the like the top teams. But you have a better chance if they're doing better. Like as far as filling the stands. Well, what I'm just trying to say is like you look at like like a sport like basketball. Yeah. And a sport like hot or baseball, statistically, you're gonna. F- have more sellouts in basketball only because basketball is more popular. Baseball is not as popular. Even like the team, I could maybe say there's only three teams that I could think of right now that if not sell out are close to selling out almost every game. And that's Boston, the Cubs. No, no, not the Cubs because they're elf. Their outfield is not as uh, crowded a lot. Definitely. Well, Boston, I would say Yankees are up there just because the Yankees of the, their are brand, a top five. Because their brand. But they don't sell out. They are. They do usually have like close. Like they their uh, stadium sits like forty eight thousand now, yeah. and I think on average they get about like either thirty eight thousand to forty two thousand. But what I'm saying is, like Boston, maybe it's because of a smaller stadium. Like Boston and uh, Wrigley Field, there is a smaller uh, attendance levels, but they do come close to selling out every game, if yeah. not almost every game. Um, and the Dodgers basketball, maybe except like except for some of the markets, like maybe like a Phoenix or like a Charlotte. Like most of those teams come close to selling out almost every game. Yeah, and it's. I think it's more. You're looking at the brands. You're looking for basketball. Um, I, well, the point I was trying to make is that. Baseball is on a decline. It's not as popular. 
they are. That's why I was saying like soccer has this opportunity. But but I would say like going back to soccer, and this is a point I think I made before. Actually, we talked about this before the podcast. The star power of certain players, the the public image of certain players. In football, you think you think of these certain players. In basketball, you think of these certain players. In hockey, you th- you don't really. Hockey, I think, actually relies less on star power of actual like. It's more about the teams. It's more about but, the teams. Baseball, but, you don't really have that. But it's also in a weird limbo where it's more of a team game. But you also. It doesn't market its star players. It doesn't. No. Like, um, one of the like the guys they should market around, they don't want to because they shows too much personality. Like yeah. a guy like uh, uh, Mike Trout or Fernando Tatis. Guys that they should market the game around. Or Castellanos, because I'm a Reds fan, and why not throw Or Aaron game. Judge. But We don't need to throw the Yankees Yeah, we do. Did, we do. Did they not get enough already? <laughs> no, they didn't. Um, but the point is, um, like, soccer, you could... Like, yeah, if a guy's, like, close to retirement, but he's, like, a big name, bring him over here. Cause I mean, that's what they did with Wayne Rooney. They brought That's him what they did with David Beckham. And that had a huge effect. Well, yeah, because people heard about ripples. Heard because about he was players the, coming over. He was they, the top player in soccer at the time. But it's almost like and he came over here, even though he was towards the end of his career. He came over here, rejuvenated soccer in America, and they went on an expansion like crusade. Like at least a couple of years after he joined the LA Galaxy, then you had teams pop up in Philly, in um. Oh, I'm trying to think. Like, uh, Houston, I think. But there's no staying power there. There's no, like, long-term effect. I mean, It did. You, you Well, no, as far as, like, as far as expanding. But realistically, once that whole, once that pomp went away. No, it's still going to this day. Like, the last 10 years. But you tell me how much Americans care about soccer in this country. Even more they than came, they did more 10 years ago. More than they did, but. A drop in the bucket, I I would say, as far as like us get, us making real progress in that. I mean, hell, David Beckham, David Beckham himself now owns an MLS team. You get what I'm saying is, uh, when Cristiano Ronaldo or Messi are close to hanging up, give them a contract. Oh yeah, because they're give gonna, them a, they're going to be offered a lot more money to come here than they are to stay yeah. somewhere. In, and what that you could have another Beckham effect. But that's bad. I don't think that's good for the sport. That's not sustainable that's just to bring over old, established stars. But if they're still at the height of their popularity. But they're not. If they're coming over to America, popularity, yes. But as far but as what playing, he could do, they're going to be a shell of the, their former selves, what they did with their clubs and overseas. Beckham was still a top player. Like, they're still going to be top players. Like, you look at... um. Uh, Ibrahimovic, who's probably the guy who's closest to his prime. Ibrahimovic. Zaltan. Yeah. I'm going to call him you're Zaltan. Ba- you're bad with I'm horrible with names. I'm better, much better with faces. Yes. But um, but Zaltan, right? He came over to the United States, who probably was still at his prime. And he rejuvenated his career, but he also, like, he was the closest in his prime for a United States, like, for an MLS team to get, like, a European star, maybe since, um, uh, Terry Henry. 
But for every Zlatan Ibrahimovic, there are 20 or 30 players that try to do that and, and really just come here for the paycheck and don't really give anything back but here's to the thing, right? in America. Well, I mean, David Beckham gave a lot well, to Well, no, but I'm saying for every, for every big name like that, there but are so many others that don't do anything. The point of my argument is not is not like trying to get these Messi's in their prime or, or these Ronaldo's in their prime. What I'm saying is you get those Pulsics, you get those Dempsey's, and you get those Donovan's. You build them, you build more here, and you keep them here. So we're TNA, basically, to WWE as far as taking old, established guys and bringing them over to hopefully squeeze as much as we can out of them. Yeah. Essentially, we're America's TNA, and Europe and all the other countries are WWE, and we're just poaching talent. Yeah, instead of going another TNA, like, instead of going for, you know, the older guys... Go for the Samojos, the AJ Styles, and build I mean, they're older, them. but they still have a lot in the tank. Those are the day. Well, Beckham. I'm talking Those about back the, then. Yeah, back yeah. then they should have built around them. Yeah. It was what the United States should do. Like, okay, yeah, we could bring over like a a, a couple of these guys to you know really like give that shot in the arm. Yeah. But what I'm saying is we should look at those Pulsix, those Donovans, those Freddie Adus, you know, a lot of those top na- American names. Build more and keep them here. That is how I believe the United States is going to have a better world. But they're going to play for their home countries. They're not going to stay here and play for America. What I'm saying is, like, but if you if you they should try to at least keep them here. But to play MLS. Okay, so I agree it will help MLS. But realistically, I go back to my main point, which I think you agree with. Well, what but I'm saying argue, is. We want to do better in the World Cup during that whole stage, and we want to actually progress. By bringing these guys over and playing the MLS is not helping us get any better. It may help us. It, it's going to help. It's going to be a drop in the bucket in a sense. Well, what I'm because saying we're is we're not doing that development that these other countries are doing. And then yeah, these, that's these why we players that are coming over. But that's are going the thing. Back. That's what I'm saying is that's the thing. Like we need to build a development here. To we what I, what I said is we. Build those guys. We build more of those top American players, and then keep them here. Keep those top American players here that we built, because what that's going to do is going to improve the quality of MLS soccer, and it's going to have a better outlook. On I think our only way to do this is to have more Americans be able to play overseas and then come back and play nationally, play with that better competition. Well, okay, to. for every that's, that's our best for bet as every, far as developing a better national team yes but betting we should not just look at bettering the mls or, or the improving. national team improving the ML. <laughs> i was gonna say bettering but we shouldn't just look at improving the national team we should also work on improving not just the mls but the nwsl because we well, have yeah, you want to improve the farm but wherever you No, the nwsl like- is this women's league Oh no, but I'm I'm saying if you're gonna be try to be better the MLS or or the national women's team or, yeah. or whoever you're talking about in America, I agree. You need to start younger. You need to build that structure earlier on. Because but like you said, you need to somehow make American soccer soccer attractive enough that these people don't want to just go overseas or or that that as fans as a fan base and as a country we care enough I feel about like, soccer. I feel like if we can improve. Our national team and our MLS, we can um, 
if we improve our national team and improve the MLS, we could help build interest. And I'm not saying it's going to happen overnight. I'm saying as long as there is a growth, that's a positive thing. As long as there's growth. And with that, we are going to call it a day. Um, thank you all for listening. Hopefully we get more viewers, more downloads. Again, shout out to the man in, Bel- in Belgium that downloaded this podcast. But with that, I would like to say thank you all for listening. And Follow us on social media at JV Squad Pod. We are currently on Facebook, on Twitter. Uh, Instagram may come soon. Potentially OnlyFans. Dad, we got to keep that out there. We might we might grow our uh, our base on Olean fans, um, but uh, yes, follow us on Spotify as well, so you can keep up to date with our podcast. And when the new episode drops, we'll be on there. Uh, if you have any suggestions on what we should cover in future podcast episodes, let us know. Tweet at us, JV Squad Pod, or uh, drop something on the Facebook page, JV Squad Pod. Like I said, um, we may even join Reddit. Who knows? Thank you for uh, listening to us. Thank you to the man in Belgium that's that downloaded our podcast. Hopefully, we'll continue to grow, and we appreciate everything that you guys do. Remember, after when the starters are down and you need someone to look to, the JV Squad is there to pick you up. <laughs>